I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not, not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Uh, we're here. And oh, start the timer. Start the timer. I got I got bobblehead Jesus. Okay, so we're Sands here. of time are rolling. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. It's a great Sunday. Um, so we're talking about Palm Sunday uh, today. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Jerusalem, that's right. Um, and, you know, I think that um, what's interesting about the this return to Jerusalem is it's highly it's highly dangerous, right? Like it's a highly dangerous situation for Jesus because there's the authorities there, like high visibility, high visibility. Everybody's coming in for Passover. Everybody's converging yep. on Jerusalem. Uh, he goes as well. He, We're fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, he's ro- he he's rocking the boat right already. Rocking the donkey, actually, rocking the right, donkey right through, right, right through. on in triumphal entry. Come riding in on a donkey. So, thinking about it, um, I'm very risk-adverse. Okay. Very risk-adverse. I like to think of all the risks before I do anything, and generally it makes me not want to do things because it's too risky, right? Because I thought of all the risks. Wow. Yeah. I mean, We've been doing this a while, mm-hmm. but I don't think of you as a risk adverse person. Oh, really? Um, necessarily. Well, and because I am the opposite, uh, a common phrase of my internal dialogue is, whoops, didn't think that through. <laughs> like, whoops, yeah. didn't think that through. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the opposite of risk adverse. Yeah, that's that's the opposite. I'm, I'm highly risk adverse. Um, and so... But see, you were like, let's do a podcast. And I was like, dude, that, risk. Could, that could go wrong. Man, we're just a couple lay people, man. We're going to get it wrong. It's okay. Yeah, that's true. can't make fun of a couple lay dudes talking about Jesus together. Like, Well, they can. Well, they can. But, but it doesn't define us. That's right. <laughs> um, so what are what are some people that, that you know or some examples of people that like move towards risk? Like they see the risk. But yet they they choose to go do it and embrace. Not well, I mean, embrace it. I, I think the snowball or the softball you're lobbing up here, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. all every we all know first responders yep. that like. Not only is it their their occupation, um, but it's for most of them it's their calling, mm-hmm. and they got into it like they made the cut to get to the position that they were in as a first responder by not by well I mean literally running towards the fire not from it yeah um yeah first responders I think of um I think of uh like missionaries that go to like mm. hostile countries mm-hmm. um I think of you know, any any time that somebody, I think of journalists, right? Like like the war correspondent journalists who aren't aren't there to fight, right? That's not their job. That they're not trained for, mm. it, but they want to get the story out, right? They want to make sure that um, 
we here or you know wherever they're from uh, the people that they're from know the information get the get the story get the pictures mm-hmm. get the video that kind of stuff i think if and it's right in line with the first responder right um i think i think of those people you know yeah kind of like that high the very um high view of like like good um responsible journalism like that pursuit of truth yeah that you know like some of those folks are so cautioned into the wind because of the pursuit of that truth mm-hmm. is what yeah yeah I totally see that yeah so that's that's like that's interesting to me because i don't think i would choose to do that right like i don't i think maybe in my youth i i i would have been more inclined to do it but not not my old age with kids and you know all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I don't, I just don't. Um, and look, do you, do you find that though? Um, and obviously, you know, we're not gonna. But do you find that ability admirable? Yeah, I think we've glorified it in our culture. Yeah. Um, you know, think of uh, um, Braveheart running off ahead of. Mm. The rest, um, I think you can find that in all sorts of um, media and culture and of the hero mm-hmm. leads the charge. Yep. Um, and we admire that. A leader leads, right? Yeah, I think that um, there's a fine line between doing something, um, going towards risk as being an admirable thing and being reckless. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, I would, and I'm sorry if anybody out there is, but like adrenaline junkies that like jump out of like, you know, they throw their parachute out and then they kind of wait 10 seconds and then they jump out and then try to put their parachute on and survive, you know, like that, that's, that's not to me, admirable risk. Like because the only reward is personal, personal glory. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that exactly. I think I think we can I think a lot I think it should be pretty easy for people to get on board with um what we find admirable is when the outcome has the greatest impact on lives. Mm-hmm. When the outcome is for the sake of others. For the sake of others. It's, self, G- it's a selfless act. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, there may be glory attached to it, or, um, but that's not... The motivating factor. That's not the motivating factor. Yep. Yeah. So when it is the motivating factor, when people take the calculated risk or the uncalculated risk to, for strictly the pursuit of glory, not admirable yeah. at all. Yeah. Side question. Mm-hmm. Admire, to admire someone. Yes. And to find it admirable. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, what's the, what's the also like a leader? Like, is that a naval term? The admiral, admiral. of the ship? Yeah. Captain. But in there. Well, I mean, the, I think the captain isn't there in the an ship. Ad- I mean, oh. the admiral, like. Is he over in a fleet? I'm not a, I don't have Maybe. All, yeah, that would probably be, it, yeah. Okay. We've yeah. just said admiral many, many times. And now, like when you <laughs> now say you a word, just now say when you it. say the word a bunch of times, it, it doesn't make sense to you anymore. It starts losing its meaning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just happened. But then I was like, hey, isn't that like a position? 
It is. It is. But so what did, everybody, did everybody admire that office was of the leadership and they're like just admired the guy so much that he was just admirable admirable and <laughs> admirable that's bad that's a horrible that's Sorry. a horrible dad joke um so do, here's here's the interesting here's the interesting question okay because even though i'm risk adverse some might say that I also I don't necessarily seek confrontation, but I am not afraid of confrontation. You don't shy away from confrontation. Right. So, do you think most people not necessarily seek or avoid confrontation, but do you think most people are like they they're okay with it and they're like just you know hey I don't mind it if that if that's what we got to do or do you think most people will try to get away from that conf- confrontation as quick as possible? I think most people avoid confrontation, mm-hmm. but we live in a funny time um, where you can lob confrontational incendiary things from a distance yeah. behind a screen mm-hmm. with your thumbs, mm-hmm. not making eye contact in the same room with in conversation. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think someone to have a hard conversation it's very it's a very rare trait for someone to not shy away from a hard crucial conversation in person mm. and and charge right charge right into that um nobly for the good of the potential outcomes for yeah. sure yeah, i think yeah. that is i think that is a very very rare trait well now, i think we live in a time now my qualifier is that I think we live in a time that our abilities, our communication abilities have greatly broadened the spectrum of sure. people who will engage in confrontational rhetoric. So like what I would say is um, in, in relation to Palm Sunday, Jesus didn't just write a strongly worded letter and send it to Jerusalem. From Correct. the safety of a hut somewhere that they don't know where he is, right? So that's kind of your point. Yeah. Like, like today, it's it would be easy for us to send a strongly worded letter to somebody, whether it's you know on social media or an email or whatever. It's so easy for us to do. If we really want to be but courageous, we, really wanted, we would hand pin it. We would hand pin it, right? <laughs> Nail it to the door, um, <laughs> then run off. Then run off. But yeah, I mean the the send it with a courier today to be able to um have a disagreement with somebody maybe written right it starts off written email your work somebody fires you an email you fire off an email they fire you back an email it takes a I, i would agree it takes some it would be a rare situation for one of those people to be like stop Meet me at the water meet cooler. Me, meet me at the Starbucks, right? Not a sponsor. Just opened, though. Just opened. Could be a sponsor. Um, and let's let's get a cup of coffee and let's talk about this, right? And not for the sake of I'm going to prove my point right and your point wrong, but that. But to let's navigate let's the conflict. Navigate the conflict as and, two adults and and move through it, right? Now, what I find interesting about that this conversation is that uh jesus wasn't really there to navigate the conversation right like he wasn't he wasn't there to be like hey i I, guys i get what you i get what you're doing i get what's going on but maybe we should really look at this he was pretty forceful 
with, uh, with a lot of his words. Right. So, um, so it, you know, it, it's an interesting, we would not find that trait. Like if that was me, right. If you and I had a, a disagreement and I came storming in here and I was like, you're wrong, dude. Let me show you how you're wrong. You're not going to take that very no, well. I'm going to puff up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You're not going to take that very well. Um, and so you wouldn't look at me as that. That's an admirable quality of me. Right. You'd be like, what's this jerk doing? Right. Um, so I think that's what what's kind of cool that makes this situation so unique. Right. Is that um, I mean, I guess you could say the um, the authority did kind of puff up at him. Right. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he was so consistent, that Jesus was so consistent in his message and in where he was and, and what he what he said that it, nothing deterred him. Right. The fact that he can go into certain danger. Right. And and be fine about it, you know, is uh, and, and still be him is is amazing to me. Right. So. Yeah. So we have these people um, as he comes in, you know, the expectations of um, Jerusalem, the Jewish people that 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 the Messiah was coming to be a military leader, to be an actual king, to be a conqueror, mm-hmm. to uh, drive out the Romans, to restore um, the rule of Jerusalem to the Jewish people. That's that's what they thought was happening. Right. That's like right. Palm Sunday, right? Like they're right. like, oh yeah. Now this is happening. Here's our king, our yep. ruler coming to Fulfilling. defeat all of our enemies with the sword. Drive them out. They will drive be them out. Yeah. scared and gone. Yeah. And he chooses to get a donkey to ride in on. Faux show. Uh, and I think that is um, – so that shows kind of the humility or restraint – in that time um, for, because Jesus could have come in as the conquering hero, mm-hmm. right? But he chose to be more humble about it. Yeah, but prophesied in scripture, I believe Isaiah was, the king will come in riding on that colt. Mm-hmm. So it's fulfilling the scripture. And the cool part about it was Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't like, hey guys, somebody round me up a donkey so I can fulfill scripture. Right. Right. right? He was like, oh, by the way, you two cats, head into the city. You're going to find a donkey. Everything's, you're going to untie it. And the owner is going to be like, hey, guys, what are you doing? Well, that's mine. And then they're like, hey, man, Lord requires it. And then that guy's going to be like, oh, no, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool, dog. <laughs> right? That's like, that's like. <laughs> Why didn't you say so? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's. Not how life happens in this century or the first century. Um, even like, I don't even think I could like go over to Mike's house and be like, "Dude, um, the Lord requires. This. I need your donkey." It'd be like, no, man, that's my donkey. <laughs> that's fine. What do you need it for? Yeah, so there'd be I, I way can't more. Really tell you, the there'd Lord be requires w- it. And Mike and our friends, right? <laughs> now, Mike would not shy away from a confrontation, though. Correct. So. I think you'd be okay with that confrontation. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about a time where you know you know going back a little bit with the confrontation portion, um, difficult conversations, right? Um, 
I read this book. I can't remember if I read this book before, but um, Crucial Conversations. Yeah, that's a big leadership book, right? It's about how it's about how to have and when to have those crucial conversations with 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 someone, either a coworker or an employee or whatever. It's it's really meant for leaders to, yeah. to of, of people. But I think my key takeaway from that, and I don't know how it all was worded, but it's you know it's it's how to keep the emotion out mm-hmm. of not getting to the emotional side and and maintaining the outcome yep in mind and the desired outcome and how the desired outcome is for the most good mm-hmm. and pursuing that mm-hmm. in a in a noble way through a difficult navigating a difficult conversation um, and not and not letting it devolve yeah into an emotional um, confrontation yes so, and I will say that this this book is good for parents. Good for everyone. I mean, it's it like it's it's a leadership book, but I like I literally have to do that daily with the kids, right? Like how to how to get them to take the emotion out of whatever mm-hmm. conversation or dealing or whatever, right? No, take the emotion out. What did you do? Mm-hmm. What did they do? Right. Well, yeah, but they were annoying me. Okay, stop. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think those. I, you know, I think you're going to ask. You know, a time you've had the difficult conversations. Yeah. Um, and I think. I think the hardest ones are where emotion is involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, when two parties, relationally aren't desiring the same outcome. Right. Like pretty awesome team when you're in a relationship and desiring the same outcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pretty hard to stop that, but not really going anywhere if two outcomes are desired and that has to be navigated with all the emotional baggage tied up in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember, I remember a while ago I had this um I had this employee I was a supervisor uh, maybe I was no I was a manager I had this employee and he um was in a role but like struggling in that role right um and then like that his because he was struggling it made him nervous right they didn't want to come into work because he knew he was going to mess up because he was struggling, you know, that kind of, it was like this spiral, Mm. the spiraling thing. Right. And, um, I sat him down and I was like, Hey, like what's going on? You know, you're not coming into work when you do like work's not really that great. And he's like, I can't do this job. Right. And, um, I'm like, okay, well, what job do you, do you want? (laughs) You're like, what do you, what do you want to do? Right. And he's like, well, I want to do this job. Right. Um, and I'm like, okay. So, like, my outcome was I wanted him to do the job that he was in. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do a different job. That was his outcome. It was two completely different outcomes. But to navigate it, I was like, okay, like, I don't have a problem moving you in a different role, but I need to see you perform in this role first. You don't have to be the best, but you got to be at least average, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got you to gotta at least come in and do your work before I give you this other, like, you know, it's kind of like that, um, you know, with kids, that reward system, right? You know? I mean, it sounds like the exact conversation I had with the sixth grade baseball team last night. Okay. Right? The, 
there's two things, a little tidbit for everybody out there listening. There's two things you can control mm -hmm. in organized sports, and I think it spills over into life. Okay. You can control your attitude, attitude. and your effort. Altitude. Oh. Your effort. Effort. Your okay. attitude and your effort. If okay. you can control, you can control those things. Mm -hmm. And if you're not controlling those things, all the other variables you don't control, what's it really matter anyway? Mm. Okay. You don't control the actions of others. You don't right. control the the outcome of a situation or a call. Sure. Or, but if you don't control your reaction in your attitude mm -hmm. and you don't control the effort you put in, what's the what's the point? What's the point? So yeah. So if you consist, if you can consistently in all the situations as as the other variables you don't control are ever evolving and changing, if you can consistently control your attitude and effort, that sets you up for the best possible outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless okay. of what I'm with you. regardless of what changes, yeah. you know, you have the worst umpire possible in the history of the game. Well, if you have a bad attitude and no effort, mm-hmm what's the possibility of overcoming the adversary yeah, of exactly. a situation you're not happy with? Do, do you like to, I, I, like the, I like to do this a lot. I like to say a statement knowing that my kids have no idea what it means, but then waiting for one of them to ask before I explain it. Great example. Okay, hit me. I tell the girls all the time, your attitude determines your altitude. Okay. Okay. It's very similar. Very similar. You say it all the time? I say it all the time, right? So when somebody's got a bad attitude, I'm like, hey, your attitude determines your altitude right now. And like, Has it no, anyone I've said ever? it for like over a year. And then finally, uh, my, my middle, you know, my uh, third grader, she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> so then I explained it, right? She's like, oh, I had no idea what you were talking about. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah. I had this. Um, I had this biology professor. Okay, that you know he would draw. You know, like whatever. So we're talking about the digestive system, right? Uh, and you know, he's got the little the little person's body, and you know, the esophagus, and you go down, and right, right, draws the the um, the liver, right, and you know, going down, 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 and then he comes back to the liver, and he just does this little like pinwheel circle thing, right. And so, like all the, all the all all of us are just doing the same thing, right? Doing the same thing, doing the same thing, and then and then one of the students is like, he's like, yeah, he's like, what's the what's the circle thing? Yeah, he's like onions. You you got to have liver and onions, right? Well, anyways, he had done that for twenty years. Only two students have ever asked him, <laughs> right? Uh, so I thought that was a, a funny side note, but very, you know, one of those things that you just, you, you, sometimes you're, you're so busy taking in the input that you don't, you don't stop for a second and be like, this doesn't make sense. Right. Anyway, funny story. I, I laughed. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, so here's, here's, here's Jesus. Uh, the expectation is that he's supposed to be a conquering hero coming in, um, driving everybody out. Obviously, you know, the the people, you know, they're they're waving the palm branches and they're 
shouting uh, Hosanna, you know, all, you know, like, oh, here he is, here he is. So, like, after the first couple hours, you're still like, just wait, guys. Just wait, right? And then, like, the first day goes by, and you're like, what's going on, right? Okay. So, obviously, there's this expectation of him, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't live up to their expectations. Mm. He doesn't want to live up to their expectations, right? Um, so, how how is it... Um, like, do you have an example of this in your life where you've had an expectation for something or whatever, and it didn't meet that expectation, but it ended up working out better? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, an example of sticking to the plan, following, mm-hmm. maintaining your attitude and your effort mm-hmm. um, in a direction, even when you s- don't see the results you're expecting yep. to see. Yep. I got a great example. Man, I've been, I've been trying to change this cholesterol number for like, <laughs> like. I knew you were together. Man. Long time. A minute. Yeah. And so your then, expectation was like, oh, I'll do this for a couple months. Nail it. Right. Nail You're it. like, nail uh, this right, thing. Man. Increase the exercise. Uh, so your effort Decrease the consumption up. of the cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, oh, get into all these other little things that are supposed to. You try this, you try that, just you try this, you try that. Push it right out. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Boom. <laughs> Six months later, I'll do that one <laughs> One point. One point. Point. <laughs> One point. So how are you better for it? I'm still trying. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's good. <laughs> I think of I think of Thomas Edison and the light bulb, right? Like, I, oh, I that's think an of example in your life. Uh, no, yeah. Well, Thomas Edison, I, I, I light bulb. You, I can give you a specific example in my life. It, it happens like every week, but um, you know, like I can. You know, I can I can tell you, I can show you right now thirty ways not to make a lobby sign. Okay, well, tell me about Thomas Edison. Okay, so Thomas Edison. So you know, like he didn't just was like, oh, you know, I don't know, make a light bulb, and then boop, 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 made a light bulb, right? I don't know, he made like a hundred and some odd, right? And it's like this famous saying, and everybody like gets so like you know, um, you know, uppity about it or whatever. Where it's like you know, Thomas Edison didn't discover how to how to uh, make the light bulb. He discovered, you know, a hundred and a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. Right. Um, and it's really about persistence and perseverance, right. Of, of continuing and continuing and continuing. But I think that that's also kind of to this point where it's like, you have somebody that doesn't meet the expectations, um, you know, that, that you have for them, or you have something that doesn't meet the expectation that you have for it. And you can either throw your hands up and say, well, you know, it's good enough, right? Or whatever. Or you can persevere and you can keep kind of pushing through and f- and find that positive outcome, right? Yeah. Well, I think that's what I think the big lesson we can learn out of our our first century friends that um had big expectations 
for the real world in the moment, their small window of life change that Jesus was going to immediately have mm-hmm. for them and their situation. Mm-hmm. He was going to just instantly And they've been waiting improve. hundreds of years. He was going to instantly improve their situation for them personally. Self make them fix their problems. Mm-hmm. Jesus fix my problems. Mm-hmm. And then he offered them eternal salvation and that's not what they wanted. <laughs> and I think that's very um, uh, that gets you yeah. because that's what we do. And we're like, we have these big expectations mm-hmm. that Jesus is going to do what we want him to do for our life. Mm. Well, he wants us to do our life for him, for the sake of others. And sometimes it's really hard for us to get on board with that. Yeah. And, And we'll turn like they do in this story. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's there's two points there that are that are uh, three points that I that I thought of and one of them is that I, I man I, I wish I uh would remember who it was but there was a um a famous pastor, person, minister, whatever, right, who um you know went 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 to went to his sanctuary and his and the altar and you know, like God, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm giving my life to you. Here's all the things that I'm going to do for you. Right, writes it down, and sets it on the the altar and says, you know, I'm going to do all these things for you. Right, and then just kind of waits. Here's nothing. Right, and so I think, well, maybe my list isn't big enough. Right, and he writes more and more and more and sets it down. Here's even more that I'm going to do for you. Right, um, and then nothing happens, and he's writing more. Right, and sets it down, sitting there, thirty minutes, hour, nothing. Right. And he walks up, rips it up, and just says, God, what do you want me to do for you? And then he hears a voice say, now you get it. Because it's not about what God can, like, it's it's just a weird, like, dichotomy of that what what God and what Jesus wants you to do is you he wants you to do for them, not get something in return, but but you do get something in return, mm-hmm. right? It's just such a weird, like, it's such a weird thing, right? It's like, you know, when you when you go out, I don't. Know, this is a horrible example. When you go out to when you go out to dinner and, and with your parents and you pay, right? You're like, oh no, no I got this, right? There's no, there's no reciprocal. You're really doing it for you to feel good, right? But that, like, there's this really weird reciprocal nature of now. If you approach that same situation and you want God give me this and I'll do this, it'll never happen, right? Like, oh, hey, if you just let me win the lottery, <laughs> you know, I'll do so much good with that money, right? Um, cure me of this and I'll go do this for you, right? Um, but when you reverse it, what you get in return is so much greater than what you wanted to begin with. 
I think to your point, yeah. right? I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think to wrap it up, if we're if we see ourselves as um, if we can put our view ourselves as the the folks accepting Jesus in to Jerusalem as their champion, as their leader, proclaiming um, his lordship, right? Mm. Um, we see ourselves as that, we're like, yeah, all right. Um, okay, and that's what we're proclaiming. And and he's saying, I offer you, you know, I'm offering you eternal salvation to in, in exchange for your obedience and following me. And... Um, and we're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But what about, you know, like... What about these Roman people? Yeah. What are you going to do? And, man, we're terrible kids. <laughs> so I think, yeah. in, I think in closing, you know, the question, <laughs> the question I want to ask is like, um, we really need to just ask ourselves, well, isn't isn't him taking our place and taking our sin upon him and um, being that sacrificial lamp, lamp for us to take that punishment, eternal punishment of being disconnected from God away from us and taking it on himself? Shouldn't that be enough? shouldn't i mean i would think so but can we recognize that no so you're we're too we're, we're just like we're just like um the jewish people on palm sunday what can you do for me now right so there's the perspective lower that's it. lower your expectations, lower your expectations <laughs> and increase your commitment that's a sermon for another time it's a really good one i've ripped that off from another pastor um and it's part of a great part of a great study i've done i'm sure i'll reference it sometime but we'll hang that out there as a little nugget all right lower your expectations increase your commitment lower your expectations catch on the flip side later